Cheers for tuning in to another episode of the Here's the Crack podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe to our Spotify and Apple Music and leave a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to subscribe and like the video. As I say, tomorrow, like, nothing else matters again. Like, I'll probably put this belt in my cupboard and say, you're not touching that until you win again in nine weeks. Right. And they'll see the belt and they'll see the crowds and they'll see the fucking mm. interviews and they'll think, he's living the fucking life, he must be making a bit of bank. Mate, you're making nothing. You're making nothing in this game. Like, we're relying on sponsors to get us through your training camps. MMA is literally just hard work. Like, there's no fucking, yeah, yeah. I don't believe in talent. I really, yeah. really don't. Here's the crack, here's the crack, here's the crack, here's the crack, here's the crack. Welcome back, talking shit and drinking wine, like and subscribe. Here's the crack. How's it going, Pete? Welcome back to another episode of the Here's the Crack podcast, episode 51. Just done the 50th episode. Uh, the podcast which one TikTok user described as crap. So we've got a UFC fighter on now, or an MMA fighter on now. So uh, keep talking and we'll get Paul on you. Um, Paul Hughes on the podcast. Yes, sir. Welcome. Um, get straight into it. Shay's got a question. So God knows how this is going to go. Seeing, see, this is my first time doing this. So seeing as you're in the business of fighting, who would be your dream fight? Oh, should have told me that before. I could have prepared yeah, a good That's a good, a good question. <laughs> I'll have to put you on the spot. Dream fight right now or dream fight period like in my career? Just I don't want period in your career, yeah. It's a good question. Tough one. Like. Do you know TJ Dillashaw? He was ex, uh, current ex-UFC champion, but he got caught for doping multiple times. Yeah, yes. So he's a cheating con, basically. So yeah. I would like to fight him. Yeah. And why would you like Can to fight I him? Can I say bad words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why would you like to fight him? Like it's because he's a fucking cheating cunt, mate. Yeah. Like, he was taking EPO, he was taking testosterone, like, and he was going in and fighting these people. And, like, when you're juicing and fighting, it's different than juicing in other sports. And what's, what's EPO? It's like, do you know what the cyclists used to use? Like, Lance oh, Armstrong. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like injecting blood, basically, yeah. in yourself. Like, fresh, oxygenated blood. Right. So, like... And how I does mean, that benefit you, like? I mean, it's it just... I think it raises your oxygen levels in your mitochondria or something like that. Right, and okay. just lets you go for longer. Yeah. And, I mean, he was caught cheating. And in fighting, it's it's a lot more serious. Because it's personal. Not only is it personal, it's like... You can end someone's life. Yeah. yeah. Like, because you're cheating. Yeah. So, like, that just doesn't sit well with me. So, maybe TJ Dillashaw. Yeah. yeah for sure. Call him out now. Yeah, TJ, if you're watching. <laughs> we're going to get to this fight. Yeah. Because that's he? obviously something you're against then. Is oh, yeah. Cheating I mean, like, cheating in any sports, I mean, yeah. it's not good. But fighting, as I say, is, is definitely, it's just a no-go. Like, yeah. And is it something you personally came across in fights? And um, I mean, there's maybe people doping in cage warriors in my thing, but yeah. I don't mind. The way I, the way I sort of see it is, like, if you're doping, you're mentally weak. Yeah. You're going to lose anyway. Yeah. In my opinion, like. I've seen this thing, and it was like, they should do an Olympics where they just let everyone dope. And it would be like 100%. the most insane. <laughs> 100%. I'm down for that. There's a the records that would be broke. Like, would oh, be 100%. Amazing. I'm down yeah. for that. I'm fighting too. Like, just not me. <laughs> just not me. Like, get get some guys to do it and watch and yeah, see what yeah, happens. Yeah. Like, they actually used to do that in a promotion called Pride back in the day. It was like early days MMA. And they used to literally, like, when you were signing contracts and stuff, they would give you steroids if you wanted. Like, <laughs> like it was madness. It was in Japan. It was a freak show. Like, but. But how yeah. would you know? Well, like, would you know? Like, I feel like a lot of people who do like weightlifting or like any type of sport and stuff would kind of know. Oh, you're like you always hear all oh, your boys juicing or he's on roids. Like, I mean, this probably I guess it's hard enough to know in MMA because it's not like like you 
associated yourself with being like this big puffy freaking yeah, no neck someone but like in fact you don't really have that un- right. unless it's maybe a heavyweight so yeah. it's probably hard to tell yeah. I watched the documentary on Netflix that Icarus where they talked about the juicing for yeah. like cycling and stuff and it was madness the whole sort of that's like that's a commitment in itself yeah I mean mm. that was that was an incredible documentary yeah. that that really showed a lot like the Russian team literally built a premises like in order to dope like yeah. there was like weeks of secret passageways in the, in the place like the goddamn Russians like it's mad it's even like during it that the Dubai like the main scientist behind it was like getting like chased by the police and shit like oh, oh I, they tried crazy. to top him like your yeah. man's in exile in America at the minute like it's crazy madness so we'll maybe get in straight on to you then uh I think probably the best thing to do is like you walked in wearing the belt. How does it feel? <laughs> well, I wasn't didn't have a joke. No, 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 I was no, sort of holding it like it's here. Like, <laughs> like I was doing definitely doing that in filthies last yeah. night. I'm not gonna lie. He walked through the door in a McGregor style. He was like, "You'll do nothing. You'll do nothing." <laughs> Did you do the walk? Give me that. that. <laughs> Trips and then what would you say? Sorry. Like how does it, how does it feel? How does it feel now? Like, uh, I mean, as I was saying to you a minute ago, like it's just it's something that I literally can't describe yet. I've literally it's been what nine days since the fight and I just haven't stopped it's just been madness like spending all this time with closest friends and families like partying homecomings like my gym like team dinners like was in Spain for four days with my best mates like I literally got off the flight yesterday got home got a quick shower and then went out I met like all my coaches and team for a celebration so like I literally haven't stopped like I got yeah. up this morning, went there, I put got a coffee, and then I'm here. And like it's my ma's birthday tonight, so I'm going out for dinner to celebrate again. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm gonna be fucked basically. Aye. But tomorrow camp starts again. So living the dream. Straight back into yeah. it again. Literally living the dream is right, but like as I say, tomorrow like nothing else matters again. Like I'll probably put this belt in my cupboard and say you're not touching that until you win again in nine weeks. Yeah. Like I'm straight back into the thick of it tomorrow. Like people people probably see what the last nine days I've been like they were like oh you some life you know what I mean we're a champion fucking like going to Spain fucking having all these amazing mm-hmm. parties but like they don't realise that like tomorrow I'm going back to the grind back to solitude back to fucking mm-hmm. living like a monk do you know what I mean? Yeah. Getting after it. Literally, like, <laughs> literally, <laughs> mate, I'm fucking loner. Like, what, like. What, does the, what does the mar look like then? Like, what would your day be like? Though? I'll be ch- I'm actually going to go stay down in Derry, where I'm from, because it's my mom's birthday, so I told her I'd stay down. But I'll, I'll be up back up to Belfast. I live here now. Um, I'll be back in the gym from probably four or five o'clock tomorrow all night, and that's me straight back into it. Four, four or five o'clock in the morning? No, no fuck. <laughs> not a fucking chance, mate. I am not an early riser. Like, like four or five in the you know four or five into the evening. And I was like, oh wow. No, I am not one of these guys. Like I'm a freaking get up at nine nine a.m. guy. Yeah. Like uh, not yeah. fuck out early morning shit. But then that probably works. Like that probably works better for you because like if all these people who are like you know have a life as well, where all these people who are going to bed at like. At like night. 12 you know what I mean mm. and then they're getting up at 5 or 6 yeah. like you've no time there like for in your sport as well you probably need the time to rest and recover because uh, you're like what would you be training like 2-3 twi- two, times yeah, a day yeah 2 or 3 times a day like 6 days a week sometimes 7 depending on the intensity like but now nah, I need my 8 hours like yeah. I can't yeah. talk to anyone unless I've got my 8 hours like <laughs> I'm on 4 hours here at the minute so I'm yeah. saying and they know what I mean <laughs> 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 and what does like a training day look, for you, look like for you you know like you're saying you're 2 or 3 trains a day mm. like it's one of them cardio is one of them weights or yeah I mean I try to make it majority MMA based so either my yeah. boxing wrestling jiu jitsu all of that and then I have my strength condition on the top of that I have my recovery sessions my running sessions swimming sessions mobility sessions yeah. 
like yeah i mean like it's just do you, do you not be sore like <laughs> i'd <laughs> be fucked like but i mean that's that's how you get these here do i mean i don't but, do uh, i don't do days skipping a couple of weeks ago on a fucking i was out for two <laughs> weeks out there like that was me took the l in that one like <laughs> uh, no i mean like it's just when you when you're doing it all the time your body adapts and yeah. you're just like slowly but surely just pushing it every week just so you're you're improving at the optimal rate because obviously too much and then you'll be getting injured you'll be getting mm. fatigued you'll be getting sick but too little then you're not improving so it's all about yeah. just finding that optimal balance like and that's that's basically the story of my life like it's just having the training week set and just thinking how can i make this as good as i possibly fucking can yeah like have it all planned out and yeah and is it tough coming back from the likes of you've been off now what do you say nine days would probably uh, no, I'm so excited to get back, to yeah. be honest, I'm actually itching the train. Yeah. Like, I was a bit jacked up from the fight, like, my foot was sore, my, my legs a bit sore from getting kicked and shit. Yeah. But I'm I'm honestly so excited to train, because, right, like, yeah. when you're doing anything two or three times a day, every day, and then you stop it for, like, a week, like, you just, like, yeah. you, you feel the urge to do that. So, I'm actually, I'm so excited to get back into camp tomorrow, like, I'm up again in nine weeks, so, straight back into the thick of it. Excited. Yeah, 100%. W- what... I suppose the, the you probably get asked this question a lot, but it would be quite interesting because I think one thing that like this podcast isn't like a sort of MMA fan, so like a lot of people listen to this and they'll not know like anything about like you. They'll probably have seen the news and stuff and like maybe followed mm. you and stuff and or seen you through like Greedy Gwyn or something. So mm. like, what? How did you get into like? doing what you're doing now so in terms of this sort of a sport where like most people would be like you know most parents would be like oh you get him get him into football or mm. get him into rugby and all but like you're going in to get your head kicked like, in like, like well try and prevent yeah. you from getting your head kicked yeah in. i mean it started i was like always playing sport growing up was playing soccer gaelic hurling and was like heavily involved in that like at all levels and then i started i found them when i was 15 and there was like a wee gym that I'd opened up close to my house. I'm from, I'm a lobby man. There was a gym uh, opened up in Castle Dawson in Derry. Right. So I was like, I have to go down to this. Like I love watching boxing. Started watching UFC and was like, I have to try this. This is like the coolest shit ever. Yeah. And I was always like smaller. Like I'm still pretty small now. <coughs> I mean, I'm only about six foot now. But uh, it's a joke. I'm like fucking five nine. <laughs> I didn't want to say it. Either. <laughs> You're thinking there. Is this is this we're an old five foot, like six foot, now as they call me small. No, but the, <laughs> no, but the thing is, though, when he's looking at you like that and he's saying, I'm six foot, I don't want to be like, right, here, like, here's hey, this guy hey, with this yeah. belt. He literally, got, he literally got this belt from kicking the shit out of someone. You can be whatever like, you want. Like. You're not six foot. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I started MMA when I was 15, and like after a month, I was literally just hooked. Like, I was always very competitive and like Gaelic and hurling, like, yeah. just just loved like competitive games and just pushing myself and always trying to win and be the best and then whenever i found mma i was just like oh fuck this is like this is different this is the ultimate competition like it's just it's just me in there yeah and it's like it's in my opinion like it's all right for me saying this but in my opinion it is the hardest sport in the world to succeed in physically mentally and the way the industry is with the fighter pay and things like that like it's not like football you're not getting like there's no development teams you're getting paid for and funded it's like in my opinion, the hardest sport in the world for sure, and that's why I just fell in love with. You yeah. said there you played hurley. What's sore? Getting kicked in the leg by another fighter, or getting slapped across the leg with a stick? I would love to say hurling, but honestly, <laughs> getting it. kicked like my legs jacked up from the fight still, and only took maybe three or four kicks. Like you got to think about a leg kick as literally like someone just hitting you with a baseball bat, except yeah. it's sharpened. Like you feel how hard your shin is. You feel how hard yeah. a fighter's shin is. It's like fucking like I could whack it off this table. Aye. Do you know what I mean? And that's what you're getting hit with. Bare 
in, uh, in a fight like I mean I stubbed my toe the other day off of the <laughs> 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 I'm, not, I'm not even joking mate. that was so sore but, um, so like what you're saying there now I'm like not here fair enough like I've been through that myself you, so you see you're like in the fight because you're so like pumped up with adrenaline on like mm-hmm. you, like people always say like you don't feel it but like what's it like like do you feel it like or so that's a good question because one of the only things that you do feel is leg kicks Right. Which is funny, like you can take the shots to the head and all, it's fine because you're just getting flashed. Like you're wearing mm. these wee gloves, like they're fucking tiny. Yeah. And like you're getting punched, like you're just, everyone's flashing, especially if you get hit in the right shot, in the right spot. Yeah. But you can take that. You're used to, like, I mean, we, we get punched in the head, that's just what we do. We're used to taking that. You get hit in the body, it's sore sometimes. Some spots you get hit in the liver, it's hard to recover from. But majority of the time in a fight, unless it's on the money, like you can just get through it. Yeah. But see, leg kicks, like yeah. you feel that shit, like. Yeah. Like as I say, it's literally like getting hit by a baseball bat, and by the time like the third round, fourth round comes, like you feel that shit like big time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time! Like is that like, something you have to train for? Like do yeah, you I mean, have some lads that <coughs> kick in your shins and stuff. Like, I like for the ties do. Like you just stand out the back, people just kick you in the fucking yeah. stomach. Nah, what you <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess I've done that before. Like you do, you have to harden your body. But genuinely, genuinely, or uh, just from doing it every day, mm-hmm. like you sort of just build up. Your body gets toughened to it. Yeah. yeah. Like that's something you actually need to watch. Like when I go back to a camp tomorrow, it'll be nine days since I've trained or fought. So I actually need to watch for my body because you you actually soften to it, like yeah. which is yeah. something that you people wouldn't really understand. Like see boys who they miss training for like three or four weeks and they come back and they come back into the thick of it, back into sparring, they just get injured straight away. Like mm-hmm. you have to build your body up to it, like. Yeah. And in terms of there you were sort of saying about you've you're putting a lot on the line like you are whenever you step in that ring you're not it's not just a case of i might get hurt there's obviously head injuries involved which now is such a big focus where Mm. you know that could lead to more than just an injury if you know what i mean but do you think in terms of you touched on it there the pay so even when you look at like the ufc it's it's not as well paid as what i think people think it's like a lavish sort of lifestyle I think people see like some McGregor and they see sixty you know, G's baby. Yeah, sixty G's baby <laughs> and Dana. all that there. Yeah. Dana. But like what's what is sort of your thoughts on that? I mean like fighters are not getting paid enough, period. Like you look at I see the stat, it was like the percentages of what the athletes get paid. So the NBA is like over fifty percent, the NFL is like forty percent, and the UFC is something like less than ten. Yeah. So like these fighters are not getting paid enough. Like as you say, people think you're living like a lot people will look at me nine days ago yeah. right and they'll see the belt and they'll see the crowds and they'll see the fucking mm. interviews and they'll think he's living the fucking life he must be making a bit of bank mate you're making nothing you're making nothing in this game like we're relying on sponsors to get us through your training camps yeah. basically now but see when you hit UFC like I could sign to the UFC tomorrow I'll be starting off on about 12 and 12 which means and this is dollars as well or 12 to 14 mm. so 14 to show which means just a fight you get 14 grand dollars not a lot and then if you win, you get an R14. All right, so if you put that together, what, 24 or 28, whatever it is, and you take off your percentages, so your management fees, your coaching fees, and then you pay your taxes. So yeah. what people don't understand, you're fighting in America, you get 30% of your purse taken off you straight away from the government. Depending on what state you're in, like the taxes come out fuck. differently. Yeah. So like you take off half that straight away, that's you're like, left with fuck all. That's like like taking the consideration, taking the consideration that your camp costs and just living the life and do what you need to do which costs money you want to be training the best of your possible ability the best nutrition the best recovery i mean this is what people don't understand like unless you're in that upper echelon that top five percent you're not making enough now and that's why it's just so important to build your brand outside of fighting and i mean you're seeing that now with with everyone everybody's 
all the fighters are being smart with it. McGregor changed the game in that regard. Like, yeah. you got to build your brand and you got to get your name out there to, make, to pay the bills. Like, is that why you think a lot of fighters now, like the likes of McGregor and stuff, like they can turn around and say that they're retiring? Whereas mm-hmm. you look at the likes of like, like Cowboy, like would like he would still come back and every once in a while, like I, I wouldn't watch UFC to like probably as much as most people, but you see a lot of them coming back when they're older and are. Do you think a lot of that's just coming back because they haven't made their money yet where they're comfortable enough to turn around and take the foot off the accelerator and say, no, I'm retiring now? Yeah. I mean, there's pro- there's different situations. So Cowboy is actually an example of someone who's maybe could should be keep fighting because he's getting paid bank. He's fought that many mm-hmm. times for the UFC. His contract, he's probably making a million fight. Mm-hmm, and like yeah. he's winning one, then he's losing two, and then he's winning. T- like, go ahead, like just don't yeah. spar, like yeah. train away and make a million a fight. Yeah. But that takes years. That takes forty fights in the UFC to get there. Mm. So you've got him, where I wouldn't disagree with him fighting because he's making bank and he's not taking that much damage, especially if he's not sparring hard all the time, which I don't think he is. But then you have someone like, who's an example, like like Tito Ortiz and like like these people that used to be fighters now coming back, like Mike Tyson. Yeah. Don't know if he's the best example to give because he's making bank anyway. But like you have these fighters here, like forty years old, fifty years old, coming back because they're broke. Yeah, and they don't fucking money because they didn't know how to handle their money when they were making it. Yeah, and then now they've ran out and they're just like, I know nothing else other than fighting. So can some promotion pay me here? I'll fucking fight bare knuckle if you want me to. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You yeah. see that shit now. So it's sad. It's it's a position that I'll definitely never be in and will never let myself get there. It's a goal of mine to just have everything set for myself for myself and my family set for life in the next 10 years yeah. and, and then get out of the game because it's hard <laughs> yeah, I suppose like <laughs> the likes of Ben Askren like when you were talking about things like that like you can sort of understand why he talked a fight with Jake Paul and made because like you've seen him walking out of the ring after and he was like with his wife laughing like, you know yeah. he's made his money like. he didn't give a fuck really did he no 100% I mean like that's when you go get the bag air fight a YouTuber like I have no problem with that like go get after it what not to sorry get too personally into it but like what 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 does it then look like for you in terms of how do you where you're at now where obviously that you've just said you want to be getting to a stage where you're able to set yourself up and your family up for life so obviously Mm -hmm. you haven't you're you're getting to that stage but Mm -hmm. at the minute it's kind of how do you manage finances in terms of like say what you got paid there for you know what you've done Mm -hmm. like certain percentage of that has to go towards your camp and then you're mm. straight back in after nine days so there's more money coming out and then obviously you're living up here and stuff so like yeah i think people that that's one thing i think people find quite interesting about this more from like a kind of like a business point of view how do you manage all that like do you have someone that manages that for you or do you look at it and go right here's here's what i have to play about with yeah well i, I mean i work with sponsors that's that's basically how we pay majority of our bills is through sponsorships yeah. and endorsements things like that thankfully i'm now working with uh my management team is called paradigm and they're like the best in the game like by a mile the best in the world they manage mcgregor they manage israel adesanya i've signed with them about three months ago so they have been amazing do i mean they're like looking for like good deals things that's gonna really help my career but right now i mean this is gonna do a lot this is gonna help a lot but like it's right now is literally just as long as I can train to the best of my ability, that is that's the highest income generating task for me. Like, mm-hmm. is just getting that optimal training, winning this, maybe defending it, or like I could get a call next week for the UFC. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And then whenever you do that, say you have one fight, you blow up, then the 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 opportunities are endless from there. And when you've got the backing of a management team who are 
working with all the best, like Paradigm have done all the biggest deals in MMA ever. They managed McGregor, Adesanya, Cyborg, the girl. They've done all the biggest deals. They've done all the biggest partnerships. So they have these connects. So my job now, although I am actually quite hands-on with the business side of things, like I find it very interesting, really enjoy business. That's obviously going to be a big part in, to play in how I set my family for life and myself for life. But mm. like, I just need to focus on getting the work in and winning things I got and then everything will just come for me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's yeah. that's what I need to do now. But as I say, I like to be hands on because I like to learn that aspect. Yeah. And yeah. I mean what you do, what you don't know can be used again can be used against you. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where I'm at. I mean it's just as I say, back in the camp tomorrow and everything else goes out the window again. As I said, like people would be looking at how my life has been the ne- last nine days and they probably think he's making bank, he's got the time of it. But Tomorrow I'm back to being a fucking loner in the gym all day every day. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, no. So you're like, saying there about that company sorry, party. I'm sitting you're right. my back to you. <laughs> like, you're right. Uh, you're saying about that company party. I'm not yeah. saying you. How how did you feel like whenever you got that uh, contract? Like, did you have some sort of yeah? I, I would probably say for sure. I mean, like I I said to myself years ago that if I mean I, when you're coming up, like you're approached by every management yeah in in the game, but part time or like the gold standard pinnacle yeah. they only manage about 15 fighters in the UFC mm-hmm. which I mean there's companies that have Isn't two it? or 300 yeah. fighters and I'd seen McGregor was being managed by them years ago and I always thought to myself like they know what they're doing mm-hmm. like they know the crack and is that so something I mean, you waited out for you saying there that's basically I, I, I said to myself I was like if I'm going to sign to a management team it's going to yeah. be them yeah. and I've just worked and grinded and grinded and funny the guy who runs it Tim mm-hmm. I met him in Bahrain this year in March and mm-hmm. we just we got each other's details we get in contact since and then about maybe three months later he just hit me up and was like uh it was after my teammate joe mccogan won his belt he wrote to me and was like look if you need management hit us up we're here for you and yeah. apparently apparently they don't do that apparently they don't yeah. do that to really anybody yeah so that was to me i was just like fuck yeah. holy fuck yeah. like you're doing it like you're on the right path ball yeah. like you've got something that you've seen years ago you've now made happen and now I've just set myself in that position. Like it's, yeah. it's a, it, that was definitely one of the coolest moments of my career. Was saying for them, yeah, for sure. Talk to us a bit about this here, Bal. You're saying the last person to hold it was the man himself. The man himself, <laughs> the goat, Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. What a guy! Like, yeah, yeah, I mean that that was the belt. He, that was literally his exact belt that he had before the UFC. Awesome. So I'm the first Irishman to hold that since. So sick. Yeah, I'm on on the right path. So we could technically yeah. title this podcast. Featuring Paul Hughes and McGregor in spirit <laughs> <laughs> or in built form. There's a clickbait fucking the YouTube thumbnail. Let's go. Well, well, we get it. We, we just <laughs> we've done that with Taylor Swift before. <laughs> I know. But um, you said that he reached out to you after when yeah. that. Uh, what did he say to you? Or was he <laughs> well, he, he shared it in his Instagram. I was literally it was it was the day after the fight, and I was sitting in London just sipping a few cocktails with the boys. And that sounds very feminine. <laughs> <You're like laughs> I mean, sipping sip a few friends. pints and whiskey with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we were just sitting there, and my mate just goes, "Lad, holy fuck!" I was like, "What's up?" And he just went shared it McGregor's story it's the picture of me just holding the belt up like this going no and he shared it and he goes big news Hughes some <laughs> solid solid fucking fighter or something like that That's and sad. shared it and then he shared the video of all of my friends and family and fans going fucking nuts Lazy and man. it has like over a million fucking views on my, I think it was Instagram so that was that was mad like it's, I always knew that day was come 
Do you know what yeah. I mean? Especially because we're, we're, we have the same manager as well. Like, I know that he knows of me. Mm-hmm. But, like, to actually see it happen, like, him sharing it and going, like, fucking big news, huge, like, the real deal. Like, and I was like, yeah. this yeah. is just mad. Like, yeah. that's like, just been one of the things that's happened in the last nine days. That's just been, like, like I can't even describe. Like, just everyone's been fucking, it's like a movie. Yeah. Literally. It's crazy. I think, I think the fact that whenever, obviously, whenever you won, you seen the video and you just, like, kind of broke down like what were like even then coming home and you have all the people out in the streets who are clapping for you like uh, like how is that indescribable it, it literally is mate like as i just i just don't know it's i don't know if it's possible to feel any more positive emotion that i felt in the last nine days like yeah. like last night like i literally had like i had dinner with my team so like maybe eight of us and it's been the first time since I've fought, since the pandemic, where we've actually been able to go to a restaurant and enjoy it, have a couple of drinks. And I remember just sitting there, and then we, we went to Filthy, sorry, and like, there was about maybe 40 people there, and it was all my closest friends, family, and team. And now it's at the point where they all actually know each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just sitting there, like, just looking around, and like, as I say, like, imagine, like, all the closest people in your life just out celebrating you winning this, and everyone is just having the best fucking time. Yeah. And I was just sitting last night, I was like, life can't get any better than this yeah but that's like the fifth time that's happened in nine days <laughs> where i've just been like nothing else can get better than this yeah. Yeah. like it's it's hard to describe it really is i'm just a fucking such a high of life right now like how important though do you think it is to have like such a po- positive attitude because like when we we're chatting before you were like talking about fights and stuff you're like when i win this and even like with power time it's almost as if i know i'm gonna get there and get signed mm-hmm. by them like like was that something that like you've thought about or are you just positive no. yeah it's i mean it's something i've definitely developed throughout my career but since i've been fighting professionally for like maybe four or five years now yeah. i've had that mindset of like and like of course mcgregor's like a massive influence to me yeah. Yeah. like he was like people forget that he's just he's just a lad from dublin yeah. like he's just the exact same as me or you like especially with fighting like like he literally won this belt do you know what i mean that's just literally his belt right there like he's yeah. the exact same but he just took over the whole game of MMA and changed it forever. And how do you do that? Self-belief. That's mm, it. Like, 100%. self-belief is everything in this game. It's in fighting. You cannot doubt yourself. And that's what my whole mindset and everything has been geared towards, is just removing doubt from your mind at all costs. That That's how you do it. And that's why I speak like that. Like, I'm not just put, yeah. That's just me now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's, I believe myself that much. Like, you, you just can't, there's no way to let doubt in there like I can't be like if I win here in nine weeks that just doesn't go through my mind anymore yeah. it can't just can't <laughs> what, what, what do you think like speaking about McGregor like obviously like a lot of ones in UFC are talking now like it's almost as if oh like he should just give it up like do you think he could come back and like oh that's a hard situation like I mm-hmm. think McGregor's the goat like I think he yeah. is one of the best all jokes or not jokes aside all the shenanigans aside outside the cage like agree don't agree with a lot of it like he's still one of the best MMA fighters ever and he changed the MMA game forever. Yeah. So, like, I have no doubt you could put him in with anybody in the lightweight division tomorrow and he'd batter them, like. Yeah. But he's coming back and he's fighting the best. Like, he's fighting Poirier, who's, like, one of the best fighters of all time, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially at lightweight. So, I think he's definitely not finished. Not at all. Like, I think he could wipe out the majority of the UFC in a sleep, like. Yeah. I just hope he... I mean, like, I just couldn't imagine what his life like, though. Like, could you imagine being that rich and famous? Like, how could you get up in the morning and train? You can go anywhere, like? like. You can mm. go anywhere. Yeah. You have rumours, you have friggin' all this yeah. bullshit. But, like, how do you get into the gym and get battered and sparring? Like, how do you have five guys coming 
fresh on you to beat the cunt out of you like yeah. how do you do that every day when you're waking up with billions that's, <laughs> a, that, that, that's one of the things you like, get people talk about is like does he still have that drive like why is he still doing it like he's made it now you know? how how could you like yeah. not the same drive as like him whenever he was winning this yeah like that's a different where i'm at right now is hunger yeah. but yeah. like if you give me 20 30 mil in the bank and you told me tomorrow it. to keep doing this i'd be like i'll do it until i get the belt the ufc belt but then i'll see you later because yeah. i don't like i like keep my brain cells do you know what <laughs> I mean? like, yeah. i've got the money like sure yeah, a family sorted that's that's the goal yeah. Just, I just don't understand that. It's even like with the whiskey and all. When he started the whiskey, you're sort of like, oh, well, how's this going to do? And now it's like, fuck me. Like, he's got so much going from here. Like, it's just. He's stout as well, doesn't he? And yeah. He's, he's the stout as well. He uh, brought out a stout as uh, well. Yeah. 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 Black Forge. Black, black Forge. forge yeah. Yeah. That's, that, he's got his own stout as well. Yeah, yeah. He, I didn't know he, that, actually. That Black Forge place in Dublin that he started up, was that not the place that that was originally the pub where he punched mm. the old guy he was, was it yeah, so yeah you know so. the way that's a flex that's a flex like it could be like, I could, I could I be I could is. be complete bull here I don't but, like, know if it is yeah. but like he bought the, the what happened was like he, whatever he fought your by or hit him or something then he bought the pub and barred the bay that he <laughs> yeah I heard that that has to be a rumour like yeah it has to be like I know it's mad. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it. To be fair, with McGregor, you can't really. That's a flex and a half. Like to be fair, though, how many people are probably in a pub now? Like, and McGregor walks in, you're thinking to yourself, like, if I did go over there and touch the right buttons, like, I could have a couple of mil in the bank by tomorrow morning if he lumped me. Like, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. Like, mate, there's sometimes I wake up and I look at my bank account. I'm thinking that's a chance I'm willing to take. I could go up to Dublin today. Where's he at? You'll do nothing. Bang. <laughs> See you later. Few million in the bank. Let's go. <laughs> but you started off like you're obviously saying you started off there like at 15, mm. and then your first your was your first fight in the SSE or was your like that first was, that was my first professional fight. So I yeah. was when I was 19. My first fights were freaking in the, like mm-hmm. the Antrim British Legion and all yeah. back home. Like or that was an Antrim. Sorry, but uh, no, first pro fight was in the SSE, which was like I took that one and like fucking. Like a week, week and a half's notice, yeah. and like I was, 19, I was just fighting amateur. I was like, I knew I was gonna go pro, but at that point, I was like, I want to win the world championships here in amateur. Yeah. And then my coach was like, Do you want to fight here in a week and a half in the SSE pro debut? And I was like, Fucking right, yeah, let's go. And then Sick. that that fight just fucking blew up. I went viral as fuck, like millions and millions of views of just this wee nineteen year old mm-hmm. kid just fucking going after some guy. Like, did you not? Did you not finish him in like ninety seconds or something? Ah, uh, yeah. You <laughs> like need him or something like, I, like a flying knee yeah. Yeah. that's why that's why it went viral was like a flying knee into like just a barrage of punches and like because i just had such a wee baby face and yeah. after the fight i was like looking at the crowd i was like i'm only 19 years old now that's here <laughs> like i still get the hand taken out of me for that today <laughs> but it was just like just i was mad it was a, such a way to but start a pro career like. do, you, do you think the re- like obviously like not to say that you're you weren't like as skillful as you are now but like do you think a part of that was because you were 19 you probably went in there and thought like at that stage did you know you what you wanted to do like did you know i want to go on i want to do cage warriors i want to get the belt and then i want to go on the ufc like at that stage did you know that's what you wanted to do or was it kind of just i have nothing to lose yeah. so i am just going to run across this cage and sink my knee in this boy's head <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good question um i knew that i had i knew i was had the potential to turn professional which was like first big goal and then I knew then that I knew that it was good. I knew that I the mindset I, I work, like MMA is literally just hard work. Like there's no fucking yeah, yeah. I don't believe in talent. I really yeah. really don't. Yeah. But that fight, 
how it blew up and the performance that I had and just I was just getting offers from everywhere like everyone was just happening I was like yeah you can do this do you know what I mean and like I didn't have anyone in my year really saying like you could be in the UFC or in that because back I think McGregor just got the UFC back in but it wasn't really a thing like yeah. when I started MMA like I didn't, there was no McGregor there was no like there was no Irish guys in the UFC there was no like I remember when he signed to the UFC I was just like this is the maddest thing ever. Like, I seen him win his belts in Cage Warriors, and I was like, he's got signed to the UFC. This is the maddest thing I've ever seen. An Irish guy in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And I remember he had his debut in, like, sweet in Sweden or something. It was on, like, 3 p.m. during the day. And I remember just fucking shouting the house down. Like, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I was like, this is the best thing ever. Like, he's went out and won a fight in the UFC. Yeah. And I was, I was probably maybe fighting pro, like, maybe a year or two after that. So, yeah, at, at that point, there wasn't really these guys to look up to. That had done it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. after my pro debut, what just everything just blew up. I was like, yeah, you you can do this shit. Like you can do it. Yeah. Like, That's mad. Was there ever a, was there ever a point where like obviously <coughs> we were talking about it and you sort of said before we started rolling here, the the time that you did take a loss was probably the best teaching moment or a big mm-hmm. teaching moment for you. Mm-hmm. But even at that, before that, before. You, you obviously had the loss was there whenever you were starting out and it was became more serious for you was there doubts from other people like did you take a lot of criticism from people both in real life and say like you know you get the occasional comment on facebook or tiktok mm. or whatever where it's like ah, you hear TikTok me you're crap like, yeah, <laughs> do you get do you get hate comments on tiktok i mean like i only recently started using tiktok i yeah. don't have any followers so i don't have any hate but like yeah. i see the hate that fucking david Gets like greedy yeah. going straight at to him. Well, he it up though, like, he we were just now put there, but what? He takes it so well. Like. Yeah, he does. But like, fuck me, mate. TikTok is wild. Yeah. Like that <laughs> no, is a wild west. Like <laughs> it's a minefield. It's funny though. See, when you're starting out, I think it's a bit. You take it on the chin sometimes. You're like, oh, this is a rubbish podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now we see things that we're like, huh, funny. Like we we actually look out for them now. Where we're like, here, that's that's good crack. Like in it. Uh, see, to be yeah. honest, like see. T- see comments and things like that just would never bother me like uh, well <laughs> saying that <laughs> saying that let me fucking read you a tweet that i got last night at 3am <laughs> i wonder if the guys deleted it so i was in filthies like we had like a wee area and like pile like pile of pictures like was madness yeah. like the most like attention i've ever got like right. fucking like just like couldn't couldn't leave the area all, it was, like, it was yeah. madness like madness and then some guy tweeted me, I apologize to me, must have forgot where he came from, dot, 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 wouldn't even stand for a picture. <laughs> I'm like, fuck me, I literally didn't stop the whole night. Like, so, I don't know, that actually, I was like, fuck's sake, I must, how did I miss that guy, who was he? <laughs> but I think he might be taking a piss, I'm hoping that he is taking a piss. Yeah. So, but, so maybe the comments do get to me, I don't know. Yeah, just on that there, what's that like? Like, people coming up to you and stuff, you know, when nights out and approaching, <sighs> like, do you have... I mean, like, I've had, like, if you f- people follow MMA in the country, like they probably know me in yeah. for years. So like when I'm out, like Belfast is a small place. When you're, but every time I'm out, I'm getting, I'm meeting people. Yeah. But since the fight has just been like fucking, yeah, it's been fucking insane. Like even people in London, all like seriously, I fucking. Man. When you're out last night, though, did you have like? I think if you were that sort of where people were coming up to you, I think there'd be an element where it's like, right, boys, we're heading out the night, but we're not drinking too much because. God only knows what you would, you know, if someone come up to for a photo with you and you're airlock, like, does that get to you? Are like, you a bit like, no, here? not at all. Like, I'm a really fucking happy drunk. Like, thank yeah. fuck for that. I mean, like, I'm a, I'm a very happy person in general, yeah. but yeah. like, no, I would never, ever be worried about anything like that happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. never. 
have you had any like things in nights out where like boys have started on you and you're like I could fucking kill you <laughs> like, nah, <laughs> like to be honest not at all like I'm so chilled out as I say I'm such a happy drunk yeah. all my friends like you met David and all like we're, we're all yeah, the same so we're all chill just chilled out yeah. as fuck like never I've never really been in an altercation outside of fighting like yeah how never, dangerous like, would that be though like do you, would you have to just sort of walk away from it no matter what though? yeah I could walk away from it no problem like I wouldn't feel threatened by anyone so yeah. like I don't feel like I have to prove anything yeah, well, or to not. friends or anything so like yeah. even if some massive cunt was coming up to me trying to start me I'd just be like laugh like cause it wouldn't bother me like yeah. Yeah. do you know what I mean because obviously if anything never happened like I'm sweet like I'm fucking forgot about them all like Mason style you're like you don't know what I'm capable of <laughs> Just you walk away. Don't try me. Meanwhile, David's <laughs> behind you, flipping, chucking, fizzy, fizzy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was actually gonna. I told him to. He didn't do it. I told him to bring greedy guns to the fight and throw them into the cage after <laughs> was he I won. Shirtless. David, oh, of course he was, yeah. mate. My, my I, friends I, are fucking I, went nuts. I, I seen this video and it was like pure raw emotion, where it was like pan up men, and then it's like your new. Uh, champion and all and it was like from Ireland or something and you broke down crying and then it just cuts and all you see is David <laughs> in the stands <laughs> with his shirt off in the tit site just pure giving it stacks and I say oh, oh that me. guy is a flipping that's what made me go we need to message him again and get a vlog <laughs> <laughs> because like so like if I don't walk in on Thursday and he's at the back with his shirt off <laughs> that's the energy I want and I'm like oh fuck me oh Oh, here he's such a legend, mate. Fuck, all my mates just went so crazy in that fight. Like, I don't know if you've seen, like, the, the atmosphere was just the maddest thing ever. Like, you had the Irish on one side, and then you had the French on the other, like, on two different balconies, and it was, like... Like, my mates had, like, organised all of, like, the banners and the fucking clothing. And yeah. They were, like, going insane. But then the French had the exact same thing. Because, as I said, Morgan, the guy I fought, is, like, a big superstar in France. Like, hundreds of thousands of followers. Mm. And he had a big squad there. And it was, like, indescribable. The the walkouts and the fight was, like... Like, Cage Warriors, once percent was the best event they've ever done. Yeah. Ever. Like, ever. Which yeah. is, I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Sick. So, describe what your French guy's like. <laughs> we we born chapa. <laughs> oh, look, I mean, like I was talking shit for a while before that fight, hyping it, and to a degree, like I try to keep it real. It wasn't like just a complete made up bullshit. Like I called him out firstly eighteen months ago, March of last year, just before the pandemic. He had signed, and like I knew he was a superstar or whatever in France, and he was. I think he was fighting for the belt at that time. I was only in the come up. I'd only had one fight for Cage Warriors in March last year and I'd KO'd the guy in that fight and I was just like feeling myself and then we started calling everyone out started calling him born I was like you're gonna get it we born French content and shit like that and uh, that was 18 months ago and I've been calling for that fight anytime I got the victories after that I was just like running up to the camera and screaming Chapa you're fucking next (laughs) I don't know why like just wanted to fight him and then yeah finally got the opportunity there last week just the way it came together yeah and do you feel like because I watched a bit of the press conference part where he's kind of you know that sort of tense part where he's both come together and then I think you said something to him as if like that's my belt that's my belt or something yeah and he just said nothing yeah basically yeah. I that was a that was a heated exchange like but what what's that like because you always you always think like last night Tyson Fury fought Deontay Wilder and obviously won then afterwards like Tyson Fury talked so much crap up mm. until that and then he came over and he went to shake hands and your boy Wilder was just ignored him and what what's that like do you feel like there's an element of it where you can't take it personally like it's just part of the business where you are yeah. just chatting uh, you're I trying mean, to get under his skin 100% like it was never an unper- fighting's not personal to me 
majority of the time. Like, it wasn't ever anything personal for me talking shit about him. Yeah. It was, number one, I just felt like his style was born and he wasn't putting himself out there to win, so I was calling him out in that, in a sense. And, like, I, like, it's just the way that, the way that it happened last night with, with uh, Wilder, isn't it? Mm -hmm. The thing about, so I was talking to a producer of the Cage Warriors after the fight, he's a good friend of mine, and he, he just put it perfectly, and he goes, that event tonight had the feel of football hooliganism, like insanity, fans versus fans, like screaming, like going insane. Mm -hmm. But as soon as the fight ended, it had martial arts respect. And that was so true. Like I was kissing to the French fans, and they were all like, they were all clapping me, yeah. seeing Machapa. Like we yeah. shook hands. Like we spoke in the hotel that night. I probably got more DMs from French people after that fight than oh, than just like not. Respectful. But genuinely, like hund over hundreds of messages from French saying like respect all this here. Although they were like absolutely destroying me in social media for about a year there. <laughs> yeah. so I'm sure they tried to hack all my accounts. I forgot I've got double Seriously. double factor authentication on everything now because they were trying to hack me. I suppose. Do you know what I mean? Like, so <sighs> there's like, th that's the beauty of martial arts and MMA mm. as well because there is that respect element. I, that's what I didn't like to see with Wilder last night because you take the L, like you fought your heart yeah. out, like everyone's got respect for you and he was still said something about like, what did he say after? It was like... <laughs> I don't even know. You're saying like about so the weight and stuff or something, wasn't it? The gloves, yeah. like gloves as well, the gloves. I mean, the like you just take yeah. the L, like. But yeah. it was like yeah. nobody else, nobody's thinking anything less of you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, you you take they take the L and probably think more of you if you do take it. Oh, 100%. Like, like at the end of the day, like at the end of at the end of the day, though, you step inside like a an octagon or or a, you know any sort of ring and you have to have respect for the person it's exactly what you said there before we started maybe get on to that now the whole youtube boxing youtube stuff and you said like you think it's class mm -hmm. because like at the end of the day how many people like jack paul is a, an idiot like he's just but he's, he is smart yeah. and everybody can say what you want about him but it does take balls to kind of step in mm -hmm. to step in and get punches thrown at you and decide uh, that that's the way you want to go 100% fair play to Jake Paul like I'm not a hater like I don't yeah. even, I think he's incredibly incredibly smart I think his brother is too obviously like they're smart guys like but as you say there's like an added element whenever you're getting into fighting people because there's that's dangerous like Jake Paul's got millies in the bank like your man's sorted like he doesn't need to fight and he's I've heard him say that before he's like he's like these other YouTubers are way smarter than me they're making they're making the bag, but they're not getting punched in the head. Mm. But I think he used to wrestle and stuff. He's obviously got a competitive side in him, which yeah. is like there's there's something about fighting and, and the grind that's really rewarding too. Living that life is like like <clears throat> it's a rewarding thing to do because you're pushing yourself. You're trying to become the best version of yourself, and I think he's doing that alongside making money. Was so a fair play to him. I see all the YouTube boxing stuff. Like I'm all for it. Like as long as it's, it's bringing more eyes to the industry, it's just gonna. Yeah. just gonna be good for it like and what do you think of like Jay Paul fighting the UFC fighters and stuff we're sort of chatting about it before like do you think it is like UFC and like boxing is there like a big difference on it like like I, I mean but as I say he's so smart his first fight was against I mean he fought YouTubers whatever at the start but he fought Ben Askren was the first fighter yeah. he fought yeah. who can't throw a punch like yeah. so fair play to him that was smart like Ben Askren was just like I might have a chance of winning here but I'm getting paid so whatever so Jake Paul knocked him out I seen that coming like if you're a fighter you've probably seen that coming as well because you know he can't throw a punch but his fight against Woodley like people were like oh he's gonna see it now ex UFC world champion Woodley was like he won the belt like he w he defended like four times yeah. but he hasn't won in about three or four years yeah. and the thing about Woodley as well is he's also a wrestler <coughs> so he's not a boxer so you put that man like take off the four ounce gloves which are the MMA ones the wee small one you put him in big boxing gloves 
and it's just a boxing fight. Yeah. Like whenever they announced that fight, I was like, do you know what? See if Jake Paul can even box a wee bit. Like he'd probably beat Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, to be honest, I watched the fight. He fucking boxed unreal. Yeah. Like fair play to him. Like fair play to him. He boxed unreal and he beat Tyron Woodley. And not only that, like he actually had to conquer a bit of adversity in the fight too. He got dropped and had a hard, hard, hard fight still. Eight rounds, which is it's no easy task. Like so. I'm all for it, like, and yeah, I fucking why not? It's good crack, like. Is there anyone like in UFC that now that you would say if he fought Jake Paul, he'd beat him? Like? Oh, I mean, and any UFC fighter like that yeah. isn't a shite wrestler. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Taron Woodley, as I say, had one in four years. He was yeah. cut from the UFC. Like that's why Jake Paul's smart because he's choosing his battles wisely. Yeah. But like he would, he would get murdered by anybody that's half decent. Do you know what I mean? I suppose it's what you were saying earlier, like about training and like when you've been out of it that long, mm-hmm. you need to like get like harden up again and stuff. Like I suppose because like, they haven't been in that ah, exactly. In so he's long, smart, like he's smart. Like yeah. even Tommy Fury, I think they're talking about that. Like I think he probably beat him too. I think so. Aye, hundred percent. Tommy Fury's relatively new on the scene as well. Like, Trying to add a few fights had, just because like, he's Tyson Fury's bro. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I got. I think that would be the most exciting one. I think if he beats Tommy Fury, like everyone has to just be like, look, yeah, like, give him the respect. Though. You know, but that's like, the thing that he's done. He's like, he's spent so long now. He's fought. So, what has he fought? Like four people now, and it's only that. But he spent so long like fighting all these people, and the longer he spends fighting all these people, the better he's actually going to get at boxing. Yeah. So yeah, the better boxer he's going to be. So eventually, whenever he does fight a real boxer, he'd probably be as good as a boxer. Like, yeah, hundred percent. And he's probably got a good team around him. Your man's got money, like, so he's yeah. he's yeah. probably yeah. getting the best, the best training like. you could probably get, and he's probably getting quite a lot of sparring partners that he can just batter. Yeah, do yeah. you know what I mean? Because he's got the money to pay them off. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. In fact, I was supposed to fight one of his sparring <coughs> partners for this camp like oh, years yeah? ago with a boy, and he fought Tommy Fury actually. Oh yeah. No, I was no, supposed to fight him. Were you? Aye. No way. But your man was fighting at like some heavy ass weight. He fought a featherweight in MMA. Yeah. I was supposed to fight him in Bellator one time, like in Dublin, like maybe f- just after my pro debut. I think I was supposed to be next, and then yeah. I had like injuries and surgeries and stuff. But uh, yeah, but he gave, he gave Tommy Fury a fight as well. Like Aye. that's what they were saying. Like Tommy Fury's like, oh, I'm gonna fucking wipe him off the floor and all. Did this he even situation. finish him? I don't think he did. No, he didn't. He went the whole way, and then like that's what Jake Paul was saying. He's like, he's my sparring partner, and you could even beat him. Like. Yeah, there you are. So he, as I say, like Jake Paul's probably just paying all these guys. He's getting good training. He's getting probably tested just at the right amount. That, mm. pot, that line of optimal improvement I think yeah. he's probably just there he's probably got a good team around him so you give him a bit of time he probably yeah, could be some growing, more better guys like. yeah and what you've obviously suffered injuries over your time mm-hmm. like your hand and stuff like what, what what way does that set you back in terms of was that sparring or was that so I actually broke it I broke my left hand in my pro debut it was after I had dropped him with a knee when I was just throwing a pile of punches I broke this hand I obviously didn't realise at the time so that broke once and then whenever I was coming back for the next fight which was one of them ones against them guys I broke my right hand and then I ended up just having like this horrific streak where this here broke three more times so in the space of 12 months I was like broke this hand and then I was like right I've got finally got my fight book I'm back again all the hype like I had so much hype around that that the pro debut and like I just kept breaking my hands it was absolutely insane I've never had an injury in MMA as serious as that before that and I'd never broke my hands before. And obviously the thing wasn't healing. I was taking the time that the doctors had said. They had said like, first of all, three months, and then it took six months. And then I came back again, first sparring session with Reese McKee, mm-hmm. broke again. And I remember like breaking it the fourth time, after 12 months after my first fight. And I was just like, that's it, my grave's over. Like, yeah. That's yeah. me, done. Went to the doctors, was seeing the doctors obviously all the time. And they were like, right, this is the fourth time this happened, you need to retire. Like. You, you need to stop fighting because your hands are just going to keep breaking you'll probably end up fucking just ruining it for life 
and I was like, uh, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. Is there nothing else I can do? And that was like, obviously the maddest time in my life, a year and a half, two years of having these injuries. And then eventually, shout out to Paul McCormick, my physio, he got me in to with a consultation with like the top hand surgeon in the country. And he had a look at it, was like, he was like, what we can do is probably operate on that and do like some surgery, whatever, scrape plates and screws. And was like, if we do this right, like he, he operated on me, like the top guy in the country through a couple of favors, like just a blessing from, from uh -huh. above. Like, and he was like, if you get surgery here and don't use it for a year, he's like, you, you could be, it could be sweet. Like, yeah. so he got me, he was literally like, he pulled me in and like got me in front of the queue and all like, no, there's big queue, like oh, freaking yeah. hostage, you're waiting ages. Your man was like, see me. He goes, right, we'll get you x-rayed here. Just straight in the x-ray room, got it x-rayed. Half an hour later, he comes out and he's like, took me into his office. And was like, he was like, right now I know the crack. Like you know, you've broke this now four times, and you're f fighting as your life, that's your career, it's everything, it's your whole being. He was like, I, I think we should try surgery on it, and I'll operate on you. And I was like, oh, oh, fuck, yeah. fuck, like yeah. fuck something different because I'd just been hit, letting it heal naturally, mm -hmm. and that's why I kept breaking again because, like, there was no support. It just kept fucking breaking, and he was like. I'm gonna get you, you're gonna get him for surgery. And I was like, fuck, unreal. I was thinking in my head, it'll be like a year's time in the NHS waiting list. And he goes, this was, this was a Thursday, and he goes, what are you doing on Monday? <laughs> I was like, oh, fucking don't know, like I'm fucking sitting depressed here. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, come in the Monday and we'll get this sorted. Oh, yeah. And I went to the hospital on Monday and that was it, surgery. Took a year off, um, went to Australia for the year, let it heal, like trained away, done what I could, like my grapple and all the other things, punch one one hand for a year. And then I came back and had my return, and that my return was literally only, was only two years ago. Like I'm literally just got back yeah. to the game, yeah. and now I've got this. Like. How Amazing. how was that time in your life where like obviously you're going to doctors and they're pretty much giving up straight away. They're like, nah, there's nothing you can do for you. Mm -hmm. So was that like a long period until you got to the boy who kind of thought, right, no, there's something I can do for you here? Cause that must have been a mad relief. Ah, oh, like something different because it was probably about twelve months period of just breaking it like coming back and like the thing about it is like this is total utter mental torture because at that point I had left at uni like I had, I was all in on the dream I was all yeah. in on it and like I was just still in the gym all day every day training like doing what I could running fucking punch with one hand like training 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 like doing all my rehab every day to make sure this was perfect for when I came yeah. back because like I mean like I'm completely obsessed like I want to be the best so my whole everything I do in life all my routine everything is geared towards being the best like I don't have I don't have anything else going on in my life it's all single focus so my single focus then was getting this hand back and every time I came back to spar and punch with it it broke mm -hmm. so you imagine doing that three times in a row at the third time I remember I was just like I can't believe that this is real life like this is insane to me I was like am I I'm gonna have to retire here like that's, that's me I'm gonna have to retire already after just having the best pro debut one of the best pro debuts ever at 19 Mm -hmm. And the whole world opened up for me, and I was like, and now I'm just gonna have to retire and yeah. be a nobody and do fuck all. Right. And then, as I said, I was just letting it heal naturally. And then, whenever I heard about the surgery, and he was like, right, you're in on Monday, I was just like, I'm, gonna, I'm coming back. He was like, now you're gonna have to take a year off. And I was like, right, well, I'm not fucking waiting here, sitting in the gym all day, every day. I'm gonna go to Australia. I still trained, but it was better because I was able to let it heal out there and do all my one handed stuff out there. And are you right handed? 
Aye. So was that a good thing then? Like you're obviously were practicing more on your left and getting better on your left hand. Yeah, then? absolutely. I mean, you just gotta improvise, yeah. improvise, adapt, overcome, as they say. And like that's just what I had to do. Like my best weapon was my overhand right. That's how I KO'd the guy in the in the pro debut. Yeah. And like I've only to see to be completely honest, like maybe I shouldn't even put this on this, but like like I've only started throwing that punch again, like over like a big loop and power shot with this only in the last maybe three four months. Yeah. And that was my best. That was my best weapon. Yeah. So that was taken away. But like. I mean, you, there's so many other weapons. You've got <laughs> yeah. elbows, you got knees, you got yeah. fucking. Yeah. So you so just got everybody's. Was that the most horrific in, like injury you've had, or was there times where, like? Yeah, that was just pure mental torture. Yeah. The fact that it just kept happening was just like, I, wanna, I actually can't believe it. Still, it's hard to believe. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that it happened four times in the one year, and that everything was looked like it was over. Mm-hmm. Like it's hard to believe that that's where I was, and I want to go back to the game two years ago. It's madness, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we're sort of wrapping up here, but um, where do you think then, in terms of not where do you think, what's the plan then moving forward next five, ten years? Five years? Five ten years? years. Um, ten years. I don't know, like, what's, what years? Like, yeah, like, what I year? Retired in ten years, line up in Miami or something? I'm in McGregor in the Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fucking big news in the McGregor. <laughs> uh, five year. I definitely should be UFC world champion in the next five years, like for sure, for sure. I'm 24 now, so say five. Uh, I want to have the belt before I'm 30. Oh, sure. thought Featherweight, featherweight, featherweight. Yeah, um, I've no doubt. I mean, like, I, it's the same thing. How I felt about this a few years ago. It's the same thing. I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like, that's what my whole life's dedicated yeah. towards. Um, yeah. So five years, definitely UFC world champion. Ten years fat retired fucking millions <laughs> in the bank yeah. just probably in business or something like BC me messaging you tomorrow podcast, being man. like here mate you know the way you said you'll be this in five years can I just pencil you in for another e-podcast in five years <laughs> <laughs> sign a contract now <laughs> <laughs> I love the confidence in this class yeah, it's just like yeah, five years yeah, yeah that's it man it's only as we talked about earlier it's just it's just self-beliefs everything you can't yeah. I can't just say can't be saying to himself mm, I, hope I'll, I hope I can do that in five or six years yeah because then you won't do it Exactly. Yeah. We'll get we'll get our logo on your shorts or something. So for the UFC, and then Australia will walk in with you with David. David can throw wee fizzy mixes, and we'll just walk in because you do the whole thing. <laughs> I watch your walk in, and you're pure like vibing and all. Yeah, yeah. some product placement in there. You <laughs> can be behind you, like yeah, giving it snacks. <laughs> we'll be up in the crowd with David with yeah, the tops off. hundred percent. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I think I might need to go into a training camp if I'm getting my top off. Like, <laughs> That's what they were all saying. They were like, for this next fight, we need to get jacked as fuck, boys, because mm. we can't be going taking our tops off here. <laughs> and sort of then I think the best thing probably to end was like you say we're talking about McGregor and we're talking about all these sort of more on a end on this note what what would be the person who even not even for fighting would be the person that you kind of look up to like would you would say no I, like you kind of want to be like them or not be like them but yeah in a career sense or in a personal sense in or any sense I mean like obviously McGregor was a massive influence as yeah. we said earlier like no Irish guy had ever like was in the UFC or anything when I started and then the fact that he was the world champion sorry I'm not even talking in this no, the yeah. fact that he was the world champion and like changed the game mm-hmm. obviously that ins- but see to be honest mate like I, I'm sort of I'm really inspired by people who like in a more personal sense people who are just like really good people who are just literally give without expectation of return that's like to, to me that's like the highest like virtue or something is just being a fucking amazing person and giving to all those around you and just creating an amazing thing without expecting anything in return without like 
because obviously in a business sense you're like you give one like yeah, you're given yeah. but you're expecting to receive too i think that's that's the most admirable thing for me and that's hopefully someday something that i can do um i'm trying to as much to be like that person now but i think that's just the highest virtue i just think it's a beautiful way to live life and yeah that's something that i want to do in more in a personal sense yeah amazing. fair play Sweet. we'll end that there yeah. um <laughs> Best of luck, I'm sure. In five years' time, you'll be holding the UFC Champions Belt class. 100%. 100%, thank you, yeah. Yeah. All right. Skip.